Uh, well, this is our third week in this leap year series, and so we've got a, a good amount to cover, so I want to make sure we get this done. So if you've got your version notes open on your phone or your your web-enabled web uh, device, or you've got your just old-school piece of paper, then let's go ahead and get into this. It says, in Christ, nothing should stop us from our growth to know God better and to trust Him more. And it is time for us to get over the stuff that's holding us back. That's the whole purpose of this series, is there are some things that can come in, and in most people's lives, on one front or another, begin to be a hindrance, you know? That uh, the word even tells us, you know, that the that most temptation they're common among men. You're not isolated in the fact that you're dealing with these things. And so we've already talked about forgiving and, and getting over ourselves. Really getting this place where we can forgive ourselves and quit quit beating ourselves up and allow God's forgiveness to really penetrate our hearts. And then we talked last week about forgiving others and dealing with and the, the people in our lives that have disappointed us and hurt us and wounded us, whether it was accidental or, or overtly malicious, that we have to get over that. And so this week we're talking about opinions. We're talking about being trapped and concerned about either what people have overtly said or that thing of being afraid of what somebody might say. That this concept of just opinions come in and, and just wrap us up. We've looked at this verse every week, and we will continue to, because Romans 8 lets us know this truth. Nothing should hold us back. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. More than conquerors. We don't just battle it out and barely scrape through this thing. Uh, more than conqueror, I mean, they win in strong fashion. Who, through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing should separate us. So why do things hold us back? Well, a lot of it is, is the way we look at it. A lot of it is, is our, our mental paradigm. They don't have the authority to hold us back. They don't have the weight or the power to hold us back. But in our minds, we create them and we, we lock onto these things. And the truth is that being a devoted follower of Christ means letting nothing stop you from living the full life that Jesus provides, not even the opinion of others. Let's look at Proverbs 29 in the message translation. Verse 25 says, The fear of human opinion disables but trusting in god protects you from that see that's why it all comes down everything's about faith everything's about trusting god that's why we around here that our whole point is to help you to know god better and to trust him more why because ultimately trusting god breaks us off from this hindrance of being held back by the opinions of man i think it's a funny thing that nobody wants to be average nobody wants nobody aspires to be average but somehow everybody wants to be normal. None of us want to be odd. We don't want to be average, but we don't want to be weird either. We don't want to be a little different. We don't want to be, be able to be pointed out. So there's this desire for normalcy that pulls us toward the cultural average. And folks, I just want to let you know, if you look around, normal isn't working very good. It's not. 
normal in our society isn't working very good. So that's one of the things is that Christ came to free us from the normalcy of the world so that we can live in this the standard of the kingdom and not the standard of the world. So, but we learn early on that what other people have to do and have to think that they that, that it matters. All of a sudden, that it has this that it that it has this effect on us and it can they can limit us and whatnot. And I think a lot of it initially is good because ultimately, when we're going to get into it, is we should be desiring the to please and to to to. Uh, honor and to gain the the good opinion of god we should have be there to please god that that should be our heart's desire and of course god is our father and some of y'all that that just makes no sense to you don't have an understanding of a good connection with a with a with a good father i was blessed to have an awesome father and so seeing god as a father is a is a benefit for me it's something that, that helps me interact with God because I had an earthly father that, that modeled it well and didn't make me, didn't build negative things in me. But not all of y'all are that way. And there are some of y'all that have it still in, in, a, in this place of dealing with opinions and maybe even is with a, with a, with a parent that, that just can't be pleased or whatnot. We just were, you know, I've got all five of my kids that can walk um, in basketball. And so uh, Colin's not quite doing basketball yet, four months old, so... And uh, but all of them are in basketball and it's amazing. I don't care if it's if it's if it's uh, um, my youngest Carson or my oldest Keenan or any of them in between. They're out there on the court. They're doing their thing. They they make the shot and they know where we are in the stands and they will make eye contact with Cutie and I. They make the shot and they want that approval. They want the from dad. You know, that Keen goes up, grabs a solid rebound, plays tough on the inside, gets banged around, rebounds, kicks it out, looks to dad. He shouldn't. He should have his eyes on the court and get down. But he looks to dad. Well, and I give him what he wants and get back to the game. And so, because there's this connection, there's this thing, we want that approval, we want that. And you know what, On, in a healthy way, that God a lot of times extends His approval through healthy, life-giving relationships. God confirms things through two or three witnesses, and that's okay. But we need to make sure we have a healthy understanding of these relationships. Because there's also other things that, that we understand that other people's opinions can affect us negatively. Whenever I was in the fourth grade... Um, I was a little bit ornery, and I picked on this girl in my fourth grade class. And um, she did the right thing under those circumstances. And, uh, of course, y'all remember when lunchboxes were metal? They're now a kinder, gentler, uh, cushy fabric stuff. And uh, it's really hard to beat somebody up with a, with a new lunchbox. But those old school lunchboxes, I mean, you could put the hurt on somebody. And this tooth is here to prove it. And uh, so I was not a gentleman to this young lady in the fourth grade. And she did the right thing. And she had her lunchbox in her hand, metal lunchbox. And she was around and she bust me right in the face with it. And I p- completely deserved it. As a father of girls, that is the reaction to that. <laughs> you punch them in the face with a hard object. So I deserved it. And it immediately broke this tooth in half. And so... And, of course, the, uh, the PE, I went and whined to the PE teacher, and they knew what I did. And you deserved it going there in the bathroom. And so she didn't get in trouble, and she, she shouldn't have. And, um, 
So, but this tooth is, this front tooth is fake. And, um, and so we'd had it fixed and I, I was in a ministry. I was a janitor slash pastor in training. I was both. And, and I, I carried out the trash and mopped the floors and did all that kind of stuff for a long, long time. And, uh, but everybody saw me and interacted with me and treated me like I was more of a pastor in training than I was as maybe something else. And um, until, until um, I was eating one of those little green and red and, and kind of clearish Astro Pop things that are ridiculously sticky. And I kind of got my front tooth stuck in it. And I pulled just a little too hard and I pulled away and there's my tooth. And it's stuck in the Astro Pop. So I've got just my little stub of a tooth that they had built up up front. And, um, you know, Keenan was, uh, was a little guy. We didn't have much money. I thought it was going to cost this astronomical amount of money to get my tooth fixed. So we just put it off. And I just didn't get my tooth fixed. So I'm walking around toothless. I was amazed at how my perceived IQ dropped. I was in the National Honor Society. I went to college on a full ride academically. I'm not an idiot. And I'm norm used to being treated that I'm not a below average intelligence. And all of a sudden, people that knew me, they weren't new acquaintances, people that knew me for years began to speak slower to me. They began to treat me like I wasn't very smart. And because of my, and my that opi- those opinions, they began to have a weight on me. They began to, to push me. And all of a sudden, I, I, I felt for the first time in my life what it's like to live under an, an opinion of somebody thinking you're not good enough, that you can't do something. I've always had everybody in my life telling me I can. Everybody always telling me I had potential. Everybody always rounding up on me. And all of a sudden, I'm in a situation where people are rounding down on me just because they don't even know me. They don't even know talent, skills, anything, by appearance. Pushing this opinion on me. I'd never dealt with that before. It's oppressive. It's horrible. We shouldn't do that to people. But I, I found myself all of a sudden that these opinions deal. We have to learn how, folks, to deal with and not let things limit us because they can. They can be, they can be so limiting. Galatians 1.10 says now and I am now trying to am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God we need to get out of bed asking ourselves that question am I right now am I trying to win the approval of men or the approval of God when I'm putting my clothes on what am I trying to do is there somebody's head I'm trying to turn am I trying to win the approval of men or of God. How am I doing this? What are, what are the decisions I make? The words I choose? The, the things I choose to do? Am I trying? What is this I'm trying to do? Said, or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men. I would not be a servant of God. Folks we can't really serve God. If we're trapped in this place. Of trying to win people's approval all the time. Does that mean people's opinions never matter ever and we live our life flippantly, not caring about people? No, that's not love. What I'm saying is, is this being trapped by it and controlled by it and rooted by it. We cannot be, don't be guided by what other people think of you. 
1 Corinthians 4, 3 says, I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I don't even judge myself. He finally had to get to this place that he was even going to try to remove his own opinion of himself out of it and let the Holy Spirit speak only to Paul. Why? Because we can feel worse about ourselves than we should or we can feel better about ourselves than we should. So we have to say, God, what's, you, what's your opinion on this? Am I doing the right thing here or am I not? You even have to pull our own opinions out of judging us so many times. Let's look at the message translation. It says, it matters very little to me what you think of me. It can sound pretty tacky. He wasn't being jerk. Even less where I rank in popular opinion. I don't even rank myself. Comparisons in these matters are pointless. James 2, 1 in the message translation says, My dear friends, don't let public opinion influence how you live out your glorious Christ originated life. We have to, folks, we have to make sure we're not controlled by any of that. 2 Corinthians 5 says, We live by faith and not by sight. We are confident. I say and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. First Thessalonians 2 says, on the contrary, we speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please men, but God who tests our hearts. Folks, we want to make sure that we choose to be a God pleaser and not a people pleaser. And I tell you, this is one of my personal struggles, folks. I've been a, a people pleaser all my life. I'm bent that I, I care about people. I, I, I don't want to make people mad. I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want to do these things. One of my, my love languages, one of my main love languages is words of encouragement. So how do you get words of encouragement? How do you harvest some of that love language? You please people. And I've had to learn and, and battle within myself how to make sure that I don't let myself be controlled by other people's opinions. It's held me back. It's hurt me on multiple different places. I've had to learn, and I'm still learning, how to love the approval of God more than the opinion of others. Okay, now I want us to set this up right here, okay? Let's, we're going to read in Colossians 1 right, right now. Because as now as I'm talking about pleasing God and the approval of God and all this kind of stuff, you could easily slip into this place of thinking that you, we have to work and earn God's approval. Okay? That we all of a sudden that this is now, okay, we've been talking about grace, we've been talking about all this stuff, and this is where now well, we got to put our shoulder to the plow, we just got to work to please God and all this. Okay, we're not going there. All right, let's look at Colossians 1. It says, For this reason... Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Okay? Now, at that point, you could still take that and put this weight of this works mentality and interacting with God of having to do this and say that and all that to get, or God's going to be thinking you're naughty and he's going to put you on the bad list. Okay? That's not why we interact with God. Let's carry on. Being strengthened 
with all power. Okay? All of this happens now. How does this happen? Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. It's according to his might that we do this. It's not in our own strength. It's according to his glorious might. So that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. He qualified you to even be in this thing. It's he's the one that's qualified us. He's the one that's put us in there. And we're not trying to qualify ourselves. It's not this trying to please God from this place of God, you know, I'm trying to earn my spot in, in your kingdom. No, he's placed us there. In the, in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us. That's where we are. We're not trying to get into here. As believers, this is where we are. He has brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. We have it. We live in it. It is ours. So that is the paradigm you have to inter interact with this of this pleasing God. We're not sitting there trying to please God to earn our salvation. We are sitting there. We're trying to, to, to live in this place of grace. Okay. Because <clears throat> if not, if not, I tell you what, because trying to live under the law isn't based on relationship. It's not, it's not, it's not. At one point, I had uh, irritated in, um, in my wife. And I know you, you just don't see how that could be happening. You know, you, I know you think I'm just an absolute joy to live with all the time. I know that's how you all think of me and round up on me, and I appreciate it. Nod, please. I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm not necessarily, nobody's a perfect spouse and so i had irritated my wife and I, i'm sadly i'm good at, at getting focused like most guys are on doing work stuff you know and it's even a little bit more difficult for me because my work stuff is god's stuff and you know i feel real good about getting busy with god's stuff and i had we would had lots of conversation about this and I, I'd, I'd really hurt my wife's feelings and so and she was like you know something's got to change we'd had this conversation lots of times and and uh so um you know, and so the conver another conversation wasn't going to really get it done. So I decide, I decide to have my very own personal uh, Mount Sinai experience, okay? And Mount Sinai is where the Ten Commandments are written, okay? And I write out, and I tell my wife, and I write it out, and I sign it, and I give it to her, this list of stuff that I'm going to do and not do for her. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And it's about, it wasn't 10. Man, I tell you what, 10 commandments, that is, you know, I, I had like 21 commandments. And so, and I, so, and I sit there and I write it, and I think she's like, okay, that I'm going to take this serious about this. And so I, I write it. I, I got it all typed up. I've thought about it. I felt like I prayed about it and signed it. And I give this to my wife. And she looks at this list. You know, and she could like think she's like, oh, I've got you. I've got you. You know, I've got this document. We're going to hang it up on the wall. I'm going to remind you every day. She looked at it. She's like, seriously? You're going to give me a list of do's and don'ts that you're going to do? You think that's what I want out of you? I just want you to think about me and just care about me. It's just about relationship. It ain't about checking off this stuff. You know what? I probably could have checked off that list and still been distant. 
and still been surrounded and, and you get focused on other things. And just like the Pharisees of Jesus' day had their checklist with the Ten Commandments and had no personal interaction and a heart desire to serve God. We cannot do it with a checklist, folks. We can't serve God with a checklist. We can't interact with each other with a checklist. It has to be a heart issue. I love you. You love me. And we're going to work through this together just out of a place of caring for each other. Hebrews 11 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, folks, living in grace, living in and through grace we have that we have in Christ is the only way to be a God-pleaser. Philippians 2 in the New King James or the Modern King James, both of them say it this way. For it is God who works. It is God. This is so good. It is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So this thing of pleasing God, it it isn't this thing that we manufacture on our own. We allow him to work in us to will and to do his good pleasure. It's 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 an act of grace. Him causing our lives to be pleasant to him is an act of him working through us. We can't manufacture it on our own, folks. We can't do it. But we have to make ourselves available and allow the Spirit to work through us. John 5.30 says, By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. Folks, this is Jesus talking. This isn't a Paul, this isn't a Peter, this is Jesus talking. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself but him who sent me. How did Jesus walk out the life not bound by the law? The people who watched the law the most closely, Jesus ticked them off, and they're like, you're jacking with the law all over the place. And he never violated, ever violated the spirit of the law, ever. Ever. Why? Because he chose and allowed the spirit of God to lead him, and he chose to please his father. He did it the way you and I, as New Testament believers, do it. Galatians 6 says, do not be deceived. God can't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. One who sows to please his sinful nature. The things of our own personal, whether it's our own desire for revenge, our own desire for this or that, or just simply to please ourselves, our selfishness. He who desires to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. A lot of the junk we deal with, folks, are consequences of our own stupidity. Now, I'm not saying everything bad in your life is your fault, because there are times we get the consequences of somebody else's stupidity. And it's, it, it, it's the truth. But a lot of the stuff in our lives, especially over the long term, folks, it, we have to begin to choose this place. It says, but one who sows to please the Spirit. Oh, that's why we're told to walk. In step with the Spirit of God. And then we're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. From the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good or doing the right thing. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. 
All of a sudden, this place of pleasing God isn't something you and I have to fabricate or build a personal checklist for God and all that. It is allow the Spirit of God, keep our ear attuned to the Spirit. My wife did not want me to look into a list. She wanted me to look to her, to check with her every day. Maybe what she needed that day wasn't on that list. God doesn't want us to look to a list. He wants us to look to Him. And that's why we have the Spirit. That's why He implanted His Spirit within us so that His presence is there and guiding and empowering with us all the time. And then as we live in and through Him and through the power of the Spirit and through that, then we really have a life that's pleasing to God. And guess who gets the credit for it? Isn't this beautiful? God gets the glory for it. If you and I did it, we would get the glory for it. But when we're really living a life that is holy and pleasing to Him. It's Him living through us and He gets the credit. It is so good. And we, we're just in that, we're pointing people to God. It is a beautiful thing. When we live in the grace and forgiveness that we have in Christ, folks, then we can really get over this thing of being bound by the opinion of man and trying to please man or trying to please God in an unhealthy way. Let's purpose in our hearts to be God pleasers and understand how that happens. We happen by simply saying, God, guide me and direct me. I want everything uh, that I do to be a reflection on you. And know that when we trip up, we're not under condemnation. He helps us to just regroup and go again. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Let's truly make a leap forward this year. Let's get rid of this, these mountains we've gone around and around, these things that we've dealt with over and over again, and let's really, really, really live free do that and a better thing to give glory to god than to live in the freedom we have in him that's the greatest praise you can give to him is to enjoy the gift he's given and we start that place we start there at this place of recognizing that we need a savior and that jesus is him and that's what this moment right now is about i'd appreciate if everybody would just kind of bow your heads and close your eyes we want to create a quiet moment and if you're here and you say, you know what, Brandon, I, I need that. I recognize that I need the life and the power of God working in me. I've tried to be good. I've tried to do this. I've, I find myself frustrated trying to please people, trying to please these different things. That's why we can't even try to please all Christians. We, we please, please God. We focus on God. And then we, we, he works the rest of the stuff out. So if that's you, if you're ready to embrace the life that He alone gives and say, you know what? My sin deserves a death and Jesus did a death for me. He did it. You know what? We can pile all our sin on Him. 